Well, good morning. Good morning. So, uh, happy Valentine's Day to each and every one of you. Men, if you have not gotten your sweetie something, you have time. This is your warning. Just kidding. I'm sure you all have. Uh, thank you, Ben. <laughs> thank you, Ben, and Theater 3 for just an amazing experience, just to be able to sit in that last song. And, and like Ben uh, alluded to, to, it is a lamentation to lament before the Lord. And that's just a cry out before him. And so thank you for that. Uh, today we're going to be continuing on in our series. We're going to be continuing on in John. We heard a fantastic message last weekend from Ben about the Samaritan woman and how Jesus spoke grace into her life as he showed us, each of us, a kind of a balance between grace and truth. And so today we're going to continue on in John, and we're going to look through those verses in chapter 4, and we're going to go chapter 4, verses 43 through 54. Now, before we dive into the scripture, I want to provide to you a quick overview of John. I think it helps us to understand uh, where the writer is going and kind of gives us an understanding. The main theme of the book of John is belief. John talks about belief over a hundred times throughout the book. And so the book of John... So that's when we know now what the main theme is. And and we can see, you can take the book of John and you can break it up into four movements. And so the first is starting in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, which speaks of the incarnation of Christ. And we hear that right at the beginning of John as we hear the word became flesh. And then moving on from chapter 1, verse 18 Through the end of chapter 4, we'll we'll be finishing off today, as we see the presentation of his ministry, his works, his mission. And then in chapter 5 through chapter 12, the movement begins with the objection. And meaning you hear, you start to hear of those beginning to accuse Jesus, those having this hatred towards Jesus. And in the final movement, in the final movement in the book of John, and you can find those in chapters 13 through 21, you start to see the redemption. As the book ends, you see the moments leading to Jesus' death and burial. So throughout the book of John, you have these four main movements. The main theme is belief, and these four movements are incarnation, presentation, objection, and redemption. It's a beautiful book. Some just say that John was the closest to Jesus, as you can tell as you read through this. And so we see a progress of belief through the stories that John shares. And what what is he trying to do is he's trying to capture, in a sense, who Jesus is. That we may believe in his name. And we see that clearly, the most clearly identified, actually in John chapter 20, verse 30 through 31, when John says this, he says, Jesus did many other miracle signs, miraculous signs, in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing you may have life in his name. And so Jesus, throughout the book of John, 
performs miracles, but John never once refers to them as miracles. He refers to them as signs. And the reason why he refers to them as signs is because they are pointing us to Jesus. Just like signs do here that we have in our town or you see a sign. A sign is supposed to lead you somewhere. It's supposed to give you directions or tell you what's going on. And so that's why John was so, uh, what is the word, Katie? (laughs) It's so, you know, specific in using the word, not using the word miracles, but using the word sign as to point us to Jesus. And so John spends very little time talking about Jesus' great Galilean ministry. In fact, he only picks out two events to talk about. That says to me that they're pretty important. And so one of the events is Jesus' feeding of the 5,000. And that's where he took, the little boy came with his lunch and he made, and he was able to make and feed the 5,000 people with two loaves and a fish. And the other event is a story that we're going to talk about today. It's not nearly a familiar of a story. It's a story of Jesus healing healing of a nobleman, a royal official son. And the fact, really, it's chosen by John as one of the two things out of this lengthy, lengthy time of Jesus' ministry really shows us how significant it is. And so today we're going to look at this scripture and how Jesus was helping this man and us, I believe, move from a casual kind of a needing type of a faith to more of an authentic faith. And so just to kind of help you with what is faith, check out this video. I think you might like it. Because I got to have faith. Is that a, a, a place and a point for them to raise that? Or is it a done deal by the time Trevor Manuel... Um, it's actually the opportunity for proper engagement is actually after the tabling of the... hands on that wheel. It's just a straight road, so we start easy here. Oh, no, don't answer that. No, I, I gotta... Don't answer that. I big fight my girlfriend. No, yeah, just just ignore it. Hello? Just, just yeah, pull no, over cool. here. Yeah. No, yeah, actually, got the red light. Just, you right. No, go right. Just keep your hands on the wheel. No, this is totally dangerous. Just chill out. No. I'm not talking to you. You don't need to chill out. Oh, take That's a right. Okay, structure. no, just take a right, right? here. Let's just, we're yeah. done. We're done. Just, just pull up behind this, uh, this Lasab. Is that your house? Pull over here, stop! Cause I got a hand with phone back? No. <laughs> All 
right. Well, that guy is pretty good. It's, I don't, my favorite is the guy who takes his daughter to um, Six Flags and the faith that he has and just what a great dad. So <laughs> I would never do that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we are going right into God's word now. We are going to head into John chapter 4 verses 43 through 54. And this is God's word. After the two days, he left for Galilee. Jesus had just come through Samaria and where many of the Samaritans were believing and they, they, had, and they were welcoming him. And so he left there and after those two days, he left for Galilee. And now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they also had been there. And so once more he visited Canaan in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and he begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. And Jesus told them, he said this, he said, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and all his household believed. This was the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed, having come from Judea to Galilee. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for this word. I thank you how your word has so much truth in it. And for me, Lord God, I just thank you that every time I read your word, it reminds me that it's living. And by that, I mean that I can hear what you want the Holy Spirit to hear me, hear and speak to me through your word. And I pray that every single person here in this room here this morning would have that same encounter that your word is living, and that you would speak through it to each and every one of them here this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And so as we look at this scripture, it's going to be very important to view it through this lens. The lens that they, the people there, the people gathered around that day and the, uh, and the Roman official, that they had faith in his power. They had faith in what Jesus could do, not faith in him. And so Jesus heads out. He leaves Samarita, Samaria, and he is intentional about going to Galilee. But then right after we hear this, we get these parentheses. And I, don't, I have the NIV version. I'm not sure if in your Bible you also have the, the, those parentheses. And John is purposeful, though, in including them here. 
He, and he's to say that it's hard to honor Jesus, but they could welcome him because of his power. Another interesting note is the fact that this is not the first time we hear these words. The book of John was written after Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so we see in Matthew in 1357 and in Mark 6.4 and Luke 24.4 in red letters, Jesus is saying the exact same thing that John included here in the parentheses throughout the Gospels. And he is saying this, only in his hometown and in his own house is a prophet without honor. Each time, if you read through those and those specific things, each time you will see it was all about a lack of faith that Jesus was consistently running into. And so they could welcome him, but they could not honor him for who he is. And so as you read on, he arrived and the Galileans welcomed him because of what he had done, as I was saying, in Jerusalem. So right now, I want to stop and just ask you a question here. Do you see the difference between honor, as Jesus mentions before in those words, versus welcoming that we see in the text? I believe welcoming says this. Welcoming says, what stuff can I get from you, Jesus? They had heard about this Jesus he was talked about. Who knows, perhaps it was the Samaritan woman who went home and told her friends, and her friends told friends, or maybe it was the wedding at Cana, and people had told other people about this miracle, how he turned water into wine. And so the Galatians' faith at this point was based on what they saw and heard. Their faith was somewhat casual. Now, honor says this. Honor says, do you recognize who Jesus, who Jesus is? Is, is that, that he is the son of God, that he is sovereign and he is glorious, that he is the great I am. Do you want him? Or what he can do for you. And so I wonder if in your life you've ever had that situation happen to you. Where someone wanted you for something that you could give him or her. And not for the relationship. Not for the authentic relationship in you. And so the other day uh, I was at Girl Talk. And I was at one of the middle schools here. And everybody's coming in. The girls are filing and coming in. And one, uh, one, of these, one of the girls came in. And normally, when she comes in, you know she's there. <laughs> she makes quite an entrance. And she's just one of those gregarious and fun and full of joy and loud and lets you know she's all there. And that particular day was different, though. Uh, kids, girls are coming in. They're grabbing their, their stuff to eat. And I noticed that she didn't even grab anything to eat she went around to the back of the room and grabbed a chair and then kind of just turned her chair towards the wall. And I thought, oh, that's not, what's going on here? And so I continued talking with the girls and I got them on their discussion what we were going to be talking about that day. And I walked over to the young girl and I said, hey, what's going on? What's up? And then at that moment, she began to cry. And I thought, oh, no, what's wrong? And she didn't want to tell me, you know, She's, and I thought, you don't even have to tell me, you know, it's good. You want to cry? I'm here. That's what you, whatever. 
this is what I'm here for. And then so she began to tell me. And she said, I had this friend who she came to school and she was brand new to our area and she didn't have any friends and I noticed that she was all by herself. And so I wanted to, I thought, you know, I want to be her friend. So I was her, I've been her friend and I, I feel like I've been a really good friend to her, Katie. And, and she goes, but then my friends started telling me that she's only your friend because you buy her things. And I thought, that's not true. She's telling me that she's like, that's not true. She's, she's my good friend. And they said, no, no, she's telling us that she's only your friend because you're buying her lunch and you're buying her other things. And so this girl, she said, so I thought, well, if this is true, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try something. So she said, so I did. And I, for the last two days, I haven't, she's come to me and I said, no, I don't, I don't want, I don't, I'm not going to buy you anything. I'm not going to buy you anything. And then that just right then, before she came into Girl Talk, she told her, she said, again, I'm not buying anything. And she said, well, we're not friends anymore. She was devastated. To know that their relationship was based on what she gave her and not a true friendship. And I sometimes, I wonder if this is what Jesus is trying to get people to see. Are you just welcoming me based on what I can give you? Or are you honoring me with your faith? And so if you read on in verse 47, it says this. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and he begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Now, who is he? Who is this this man that came to Jesus The Greek word here that is used literally means one pertaining to the king. There's only one king in that region. That is King Herod. That means he was an official of some kind in King Herod's court. And Capernaum was a center of some of the royal houses and management places. So he, living there, heard that Jesus was about 16 to 20 miles away in Cana. And so he made the trip down to Cana to talk to Jesus Christ. So where was this particular man from? He was from Capernaum, about 15 miles away. And his faith was based on what he had heard about Jesus, what he could do for him. And literally, in some of the translations, my translation said begging, that he went to, and he was begging Jesus to come and heal his son. And some translations said imploring Meaning that he was begging over and over again. Jesus, come on, come on. Come on, come here, my son. Come here, my son. I know, I've heard, I've heard. I've se- I haven't seen, but I've heard that you do these things. Jesus, please, please, come back. Please, I'm begging you. And so he wanted this, like, he wanted this physical healing from his son and not really a spiritual healing. And so Jesus replies to him, and he says this, Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. And so I wonder how many of you find yourself in the same situation, asking Jesus, Lord, if you can get me out of this situation, Lord, if you could fix my marriage, Lord, if you find me a new job, Lord, if if I could just win the lottery, the big one, Lord, if you remove this person from my life, if you do this, if you do that, I'll believe. 
You see, my faith is not based on what God can perform. It is in who he is. So it's a story. The story that we see here is a story of progression of faith. Moving from a casual, needing type of faith to an authentic faith. And so next you start to hear this different tone from this royal official. It becomes like almost a tone of desperation. And he says, sir. I love that, that he calls him sir now, right? He's starting to get who he is. And he says, sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus' reply is, you may go, your son will live. This man took Jesus at his word and he departed. This is a beautiful picture of both grace and faith. Grace on the part of Jesus, because remember from the beginning when we first began the scripture, it said Jesus left for Galilee. He is all-knowing. He, we serve a God who steps into places where people don't honor him. A God who intentionally steps into cities and places to further reveal himself and make himself known where people are reconciled to him. It's true. <laughs> a God who is in absolute pursuit of people, he is gracious though. You see, he creates a scenario exactly what he, the official, needs. Not just healing his son, but a vision of, and give, but gives him a vision of who he is. And, and from that, the byproduct of all that, that his son is healed and his whole family is healed. And so the official then gives an order. You're coming down with me. This is what he says earlier. You're coming down with, you, Jesus, you need to come down with me and heal my son. My son's 15 miles from here, so I really need you to come now quick. Because remember, they don't got, there's no cars then. <laughs> it's going to take him a little while to walk. See, the official gives an order, and Jesus turns around. I love it here. And Jesus gives him back an order. Jesus tells him to leave, and his son will live. The father then takes this needing faith and turns and walks home. This is a pivotal point. This is the progression of faith that we're seeing in this story today, in this text. It's because he takes this from, you know, Jesus, you're going to do this for me. And then Jesus commands him back and says, no, you're going to go, all right? And your son will live. And now what does it take on behalf of this guy? It says here that he would exactly need it. just... It's, he listens, it's an obedience. And another thing that I love too when I, when I read about this is that Jesus stands firm because he's progressing us in our faith, right? He's progressing this man in his faith. And so he could, Jesus could have easily just said, okay, let's go, come on. I guess I gotta go show another miraculous wonder and sign to these people, Right? And so, and remember, when Jesus is speaking this too, it's not just the royal nobleman that's standing there listening to Jesus talk. There was crowds following Jesus. So Jesus is also communicating with the crowd at this point and saying that. 
And so Jesus stands firm. He doesn't walk with the man to his son. He remains still, and he commands this authority from miles away that his son is healed. The point is this man is confronted by someone who is unlike anyone else. No one can do things that Jesus does and says unless they are God. Jesus shows him mercy in this act. He shows him that he is a great I am. When you recognize the work that Jesus, what Jesus had done in his son's life, in his son's life, the nobleman, when you recognize the work that Jesus has done, it went from a casual faith, this casual needing type of faith, to an authentic faith. And that is the next stage. He knew. He had confidence that God had worked in a marvelous way. You see, Jesus is gracious, merciful, and intent in giving us himself. Is that to say that God does not want to hear your problems? That God does not want to give you those things that you ask for? That, he, that, that you're like, okay, so then I don't ever come to God with my needs anymore because Katie told me that doesn't mean that I have faith? No. Don't get me wrong here. That is, a, that, is part, that is a part of it. That's part of a relationship with God, right? But it's not in what God can give us. It's in what, who he is. And so it's, a, it's that progression in our faith from, from a needing, wanting that, come to Jesus at that, that moment, which is fine, right? Because he's going to progress us to this authentic faith in who he is. And so Jesus' main goal in your life, (laughs) Jesus' main goal is not to fix your life. It is to give you himself, to cleanse us, to make us holy for us to live in his presence. So what do you want from Jesus? Do you welcome him because you see him as a means to an end? Or do you worship him? For who he is, Yahweh. So God, regardless of my circumstances, I'm going to pursue you and have an authentic faith. As I said, God gives us permission to process our faith. Like we see here in this royal nobleman official's life. He doesn't call us out and say, what is taking you so long? (laughs) He allows us to grow. He moved from faith and power, the nobleman, faith in the power of Jesus when he came to ask him for a healing, to faith in the promise of Jesus when he took Jesus at his word. Then he moved to a real, genuine, life-changing faith when he found faith in the person of Jesus Christ. And that is our hope here. That is our hope here at Highlands, is that as we're on this journey together, is that we're progressing. We're progressing in our faith. I'm progressing in my faith. That I'm moving from this need, what can you do for me, Jesus, to who you are, Yahweh, the great I am. And so he trusted 
that Jesus was and who he says he was. He moved from coming to God with his problems where we all start to trusting God for a solution. And then he began to trust the Lord with his life. And that's what Jesus is looking for. That is really what Jesus is looking for, that kind of trust. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for today. I thank you as a day as we recognize love, in a sense, on Valentine's Day, is the greatest love of all, is that you gave your life for each and every one of us. Lord, may you bless these people here. May they have a wonderful day as you move them in their progression of faith. Thank you for walking with us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Give me vision.